I like how we decided who was going to start talking first ahead of time. That way we all didn't just sit here in silence staring at each other for a minute. What inadvertently turned out to be you, so. All right, three, two, one. Welcome everybody to the first episode of the Modern Monks Podcast. I'm Maddie. this is Mike, this is Johnny. <laughs> uh, so we decided to throw this together, and we don't really have much of it. This is like our tester episode, we're trying to see where we want to go with it, but essentially the Modern Monk Podcast was supposed to be a uh, was supposed to be a way to sort of get out our modern monk travel <coughs> realizations of the things that are going on in the world around us, sort of yeah. like the things that will follow about contemporary events, our philosophical appeal of those two things, and uh, our interest in those two things, or in those things, because yeah. it could be many. Uh, and this is sort of our attempt to get together and discuss this, and I basically, over the course of a couple of weeks, decided to try to see if I could actually get it together, pull together. Yeah. And I had talked to him about it, I had talked to you about it first, because you had actually swung by and dropped me off here one night while I was wasted for me yeah. to sleep in my car. And I actually <laughs> slept on the floor in here, I was not too drunk to operate my keys. Excellent. Uh, as a monk does. Yeah. And so we had been talking about doing something, and you and I had talked about doing something, and I realized that I had two people on deck that were interested in actually pursuing that and going that far, and with uh, you know access to all the the gear and equipment that we have, yeah, um, or that I have, and that I vicariously uh, work with through some of the companies that I right. subcontract through, give us the opportunity to actually put something cool together and give us something a reason to invest <clears throat> in more and to produce better things over time. But I'm going to play this clip. It's um. It's only like two minutes long. Okay. Um, it was Dr. Phil, and he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. So I don't know how you feel about Dr. Phil, but I basically, it's daytime TV, and I have a very yeah. weak stomach for it, like, in general. Well, I, I also like know that show, he is awesome. not a doctor of anything remotely related to what he's talking about or doing. He's like and often guy. gives quite bad advice, but... Sometimes in here nor there, like I, I just gave it a chance because he's on Joe Rogan's podcast and uh, yeah. I wanted to check it out. And as I've been prepping to get ready for this podcast, I just kind of wanted to spend time acclimating myself with other podcasts so I can sort of lead us in a direction. So I'm going to cut from here and uh, I'll just play this video in the podcast so that everybody else can listen to what we're, what we're listening to. Yeah, I grew up with an alcoholic father and it was a pretty violent home and, and he was a really bad alcoholic. And <clears throat> I know, having grown up in that, you, you wind up with what I call a damaged personal truth, and you feel second class. And the problem that kids make, and because I, I know I did it, and and I, and I see others do it, is you compare your personal truth, what you know about yourself and you know how you really live and what's really going on you compare your personal truth to everybody else's social mask because you go to school and you know well i know that last night the windows got kicked out of my house i know that the utilities got turned off and i know there was a big fight in my kitchen last night and the kid sitting next to me he's got on a shirt that's all ironed and his face is all bright and clean, and you know he looks like he's just got it all together. And you compare yourself to that person, that kid, and you feel like you're second class. And the problem with that is we generate the results in life we think we deserve. So if you think you're damaged, you think you're second class, you will generate 
results that you think a second-class person deserves. Mm. So if you don't fix your personal truth, then you'll spend the rest of your life saying, well, you know, those really good results, those belong for somebody else. That's mm. not for me. That's for somebody else. And you'll settle for second best, and you won't get what you might otherwise generate for yourself if you don't fix your personal truth. And so I think a lot of people are struggling looking for a way to kind of get out of feeling not good about themselves and damage self-esteem, damage self-worth, and they really don't know where to go. So he goes on to talk about, like, he knows that what he's doing as a service is, like, not necessarily entirely, like, just re he's not reshaping the box. He's not doing anything that's, like, breaking ground. Like you said, he's not so trying to cure anybody. Do we get this on the cast first, or are we trying to, are we just going to, like, talk about the general thing of it? Like, I'm yeah. wondering if we should be recording you saying this right now. Yeah, we are. We, uh, oh, okay. We called it back <laughs> on, and I'm just an idiot. That's very fair. <laughs> I thought we still had a hot second, but... Yeah, no, I, I was kind of letting you do your thing. But, yeah, so, I mean, like, that that clip I was just watching, and I kind of watch a lot of a lot of it whenever I'm, like, going to sleep. So I don't really... I doze in now there every night where I wake up, and he's talking to somebody totally different in the morning, and I'm like, well, what? But it's an interesting way to start your day, I guess, so. But that one really resonated with me because I feel like I can't say that I had a terrible upbringing. I don't... Yeah. I had, I mean, both my parents love me still. I've always had a good relationship with them. But I think that what he says in that right with, you know, not feeling like you deserve, like my parents did divorce. Right. So I got a lot of things as, you know, uh, one of the elder millennials right now in the world that's walking around post the high divorce rate of the, you know, what, late yeah. 90s, uh, early 2000s. That really put an impact on me as to whether or not I was capable of doing anything that I would have looked at as great. Like, I had my idols. I had people I listened to in this music and shows that I watched and things that I was just like, man, that's crazy. But never in a million years did I think that that was something that was for me. And so with things like Instagram and Snapchat and all that stuff, like, if you're getting these, like, glimpses into other people's lives. And it's obviously we've talked about before just off air as friends, yeah. all of us, actually, both of us, which is part of the reason why I felt like this was a good group, good group to put together is, you know, that living through other people's filters is really difficult, especially when you're not going to match up. And I think it's compounded to be, like, an even more difficult thing whenever you look at it like, I just don't deserve it because I'm tainted. You know, I didn't have yeah. the, you know, the nuclear family. But you, for example, did. Like, you have loving oh, brothers, yeah. loving yeah. mom, strict dad, but loving dad. Like, there was a lot of love in our family, but, I mean, it definitely, you know, had some complications, too, and everything. Like, I don't think anyone's got a perfect family, you know? I'm not, I care about my parents a lot, so I'm not going to, like, sit here on a podcast and air some dirty laundry. But, you know, it was not all, you know, sunshines and light either all the time. Nor is it for anybody. I don't right. think that's, like, I don't think that's the misconception. But I wonder what the impact of that is on people as they get older. Like, everybody, when's the age where people start to realize, oh, shit, like, not everybody has a perfect family. Actually, nobody has a perfect family. You just yeah. have the family you get, and you make that work as your family does functions to make that work or not work if it's extremely dysfunctional. Yeah. But, um, you know, that though, my upbringing, like I said, was, was that. It, the parents, my parents' divorce was the worst thing that happened to me, but I think it was simultaneously the best thing that happened to me because it forced me to start to take stock of the world around me yeah. and realize, like, I might be going at it alone in my dramatized, like, 13-year-old brain. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you just like, oh, I ran away for the first time when I was 12. Like, <laughs> man, I'm a rebel. But... Nonetheless, like, you know, I, I looked at it like I had a lot of friends whose parents weren't 
divorced. Yeah. And I kind of, there's like a stigma when you talk to other, what, what do your parents do? Like, well, my mom does this and my dad does this. And I'm like, oh. And you're like, yeah, they're not together. Like, I had to further explain that that's why these two people that you would never otherwise put together in a, a match made in heaven scenario yeah. are not together. But, you know, my, my mom and dad were terrible going through the divorce together, but excellent as parents together no matter what because they put us first. And so I, I had that luxury. Yeah. But that damaged self-worth is like, that's a son of a bitch to come back from. Like, you can't you can't cure that one overnight because you, you build it in every years of... It's kind of like a story that you follow. Like, you can be given a story that you latch on to, or like, I kind of take like the Zen Buddhist perspective of like, you can reset and start again whenever you want. So, like, my parents were not the worst parents, and they definitely were not the greatest parents, but at a certain point, I just kind of. Like, they were who they were, and, like, even if my mom was a terrible mom, like, she was a mother at one point, and, like, my dad is a terrible dad and wants nothing to do with me, but, like, he was a dad at some point, and so I can accept the fact that, like, I'm born into a situation where, like, those are my parents, I didn't choose them, they didn't choose me, it is what it is, but, like, I have my life to to fulfill, and, like, I can create my own story starting now. But that's like a that's a realization that I think a lot of people don't come to because they feel like born into this like yeah. I couldn't possibly I mean I've been fortunate enough to be in experiences with like other people's families and other with other artists that I've traveled with or that I've met al along the way in my life where you know we've gone to some of the re some restaurants that I like no offense whatsoever to my family like we would never have have gone to and not because we were too you know pretentious to go and eat at that restaurant but like that was just out of our realm of of yeah. living and and so it's hard to look at yourself with any value i think as a kid when you're developing when yeah. you feel like i just don't stack up to these people like that's a whole other world and i don't belong in it right um like there's a lot i'd like to say to that um i'd like to say firstly that uh sometimes people can get a little bit too dismissive about that whenever they start to reach that realization that you know nobody's parents are perfect and that you do have to conquer that and forgive yourself and find a way to move forward. That's very good aspirational advice, but I think sometimes the people giving it are coming from much better positions and a lot of the times, like, aren't really realizing that, like, it's still a real negative. Like, it's certainly something you can overcome, but it doesn't help. Like, even right. if you Hearing are it. able to, you know, hear it and come to a realization and come to an acceptance, and, you know, I think you've done decently for yourself, you know, been proud, very proud of the person you've become, Johnny. I mean, I'm proud of most, so, of, the, most of the friends that I knew growing up back then, too, that I think had other similar divorced yeah. parents. Or Right. But nobody's going to tell you that it's an advantage, you know, for whatever problems you had in your family, for anybody. Like, they're not things that necessarily help. But I think, like, also, a lot of people need to somewhat, like, take a step back, especially people of our age, and kind of, like, forgive our parents a little bit. Like, I think sometimes, you know... I can't imagine like, I raising... Was, I was 18 by the time my dad, my mom was like the age I am now. Yeah. And... Am I, at my age, my mom would have been 34, 5? Yeah. 34? What? Are you how old your mom would be? Yeah, yeah, yeah wait, no. As old as you? She was 20 when she had me, so I'm like, I would have a 14-year-old kid right now. Right, yeah. Like, that blows my mind, and you right. have kids. Yeah. So, like... Yeah. yeah. Dude, and I we're am, comparably aged, so, like, what a totally different experience to have. I would say probably within... The earliest I would say that I've been a human is probably like four years ago. 
And that's like absolute earliest. That's baseline for whenever you've yeah. become a human that yeah. has accepted your, like you know, four place. years ago, I have started to be like a function, semi-functional person. For sure. I don't even want to say functional because that's like claiming a lot I'm not going to lay claims to. But, and you know, and it's still an ongoing process. I can't imagine like trying to raise that. And so a lot of the things that, you know, I'm, you might be mad at your parents for or whatever, you know. They're fucking kids trying to deal with having a kid. Yeah, I can't even imagine. By yeah. the time I was, you know, my parents were going through the divorce, that's my age right. now. And while I think I might have forged that path a little bit better, I had the benefit of my upbringing to get there, whereas right. my, my mom didn't, you know? And right. her family obviously certainly... Her, and the benefits her. of a culture where divorce is more normalized and maybe not, like, <laughs> seeing great or something, but it's more of, like, a thing... And, like, the entire culture of marriage has totally changed. Well, the three of us are all unmarried. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, true. to some degree, that's got to be by choice because you can go to the courthouse and fill out the paperwork and get married to anybody if you don't give, you know, a shit yeah. about the size of your wedding or the, you know, endowment or right. whatever. Or if, you know, we thought that the pers- first person we had a real relationship with needed to be tied to us for forever and, like, that's what we were going to do. We are going to pop out kids when I when we're like 20, 21 tops. Yeah, I'm surviving like second divorces from some friends that I, <laughs> that yeah. I had in high school and they've got kids and the whole nine and I don't think that that's a path that it's like it's kind of unpopular opinion to say like oh I don't want to have kids but I just have never felt ready and yeah. I know they say well you're never ready and it's like well, well I kind of call bullshit on that like I feel yeah. like you can set yourself up for better situations yeah. than others. I feel like even if you try to have kids like you're not guaranteed that either. Of, like increasing your odds is like 0.2 percent. Like, yeah, all kids are kind of accidents, even if you want them. Right, right, right. Honestly. It's like which, which of these intentional accidents right, was the one yeah. that it's actually? Like my kids weren't playing for it, but like I didn't not want them. Like when they happened. And yeah, so for sure. It came up, and I was like, all right, I guess that's uh, what I'm doing. You can now. definitely like run the math. <laughs> so I'm a dad now. Okay. My, uh, there are five of us, five kids in my family. And it was pretty easy to do the math and tell that none of them were planned. <laughs> yeah, and mostly brothers. Yeah, like, look at the numbers. If you just laid this out on a grid. Right, and think about, like, how you would view another kid at this point in your life. <laughs> none of them were planned. Yeah, because, yeah, like, my second kid, like, my girlfriend, like, got a DUI, and then, like, two weeks later, we found out we were pregnant again. Yeah. It was like, oh, so you got a DUI and then decided, like, now I need a kid? <laughs> I gotta get my life together, together, man. Yeah. I gotta have another kid. We got, like, kid. a $3,000 yeah. fine coming our way. And yeah. And you wanna raise a kid on this? It's like, that's the perfect time to bring a kid into the world yeah. on top of a second kid, so now he's gotta split his shit in half. He is cool about it, like... Because <laughs> he's a kid, so, yeah, like, we were like oh, how yeah, much vested interest does he have? And he was like, oh, I'll give her this piece of cheese. And we're like, whoa, 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 you can't do that. She's She can only no. eat formula. Like, she's a baby. He's like, okay, never cheese. Yeah. He's like, all no right, cheese. I don't understand. I remember the day, my little brother Josh, I remember the day they brought him home from the hospital. I lived in this apartment in Bullsburg, Pennsylvania, and they bring him in in the car seat, and they set him down in this, like, old rickety couch that I'm sure my dad had inherited from, like, his mom yeah. or family somewhere along the lines. And it's just, you know, like horse and buggy pictures fabric all over this like yeah. couch and love seat and the chair <laughs> if there was a chair the chair might not have existed but I remember they sat him on it and I remember looking at him and being like I mean I knew I was getting a brother but that relationship concept hadn't dawned on me I was five years right. old like I mean I'm just meeting people in school but I don't know any twins yet so I don't really get this like I get I have my older siblings because I grew up with them I they're my half siblings yeah but my like my own sibling in my house, like a full blood relative, like this little boy comes in the the picture, and I remember being like, "Oh, oh, 
No. And like the week that my mom was in the hospital for like for delivery and recovery and whatnot, they gave me every day of the week I had like sort of like a a hidden a gift that like, was hidden somewhere in the house and I got to find it and that was like one of the things that they were telling my parents to do to like help me not feel like I wasn't loved but yeah. I was so fucking oblivious to what was going on that I was like, sick dominoes, all right, like, <laughs> let's do this. And they were a really nice, like, I, like not ivory, but ivory-colored set of them. And I remember being I like... Johnny still has these dominoes. Like, that's the picture I've in got. In my head, I have right them. I, I'll yeah. No, yeah, I have no idea where they are, but it had a, a burgundy case for it, and <laughs> it was magnetic, and they were white ivory yeah. with black brand. They were sick. That's cool. My grandmother taught me how to do the laundry when my... Well, you're gonna have to do some work. So experience, Uh, but yeah, I learned something functional. But listen, like, so uh, you say you become a human like four or five years ago, like. I think we're also blessed. Like, I I feel like that's something that it's easy for us uh, or people that have been in a a good position in life to to come where they've come from. Yeah. To say, oh yeah, like I. You know, I, I don't think rich people don't have their struggles too, but. You know, different sides yeah, of the fences, right? Like, ones, yeah. yeah, right. And they're ones that maybe I couldn't fathom, and then navigating those would be something totally different. But yeah, I mean, like, if you gotta make your third car car payment, and you don't want to lose your third car, that's right. rough. But like, <laughs> you got two other cars. So. But how about having just can I just yeah. get one car? Yeah, like can I get one functional I'm car? Like, so sell your car. I don't see what the problem is. Right? <laughs> but like, I, so, like, but I can't do that. In. Like, I gotta get my like nanny to transportation like we don't understand being rich though like fundamentally like we don't our idea of being rich is making an amount of money that like the rich people would cry and fucking shoot themselves if they woke up with tomorrow like if Jeff Bezos was a millionaire tomorrow he would literally shoot himself you would like have if to I make had his money, a million dollars a year. I would be so much more creative than like yeah. going to work and doing the same thing I do anyway. Yeah. Like I would like freeze Times Square and then get people to build ice skates the size of elephant feet, and then I would parachute <laughs> yeah. an elephant into Times Square to see what happens when a parachuting elephant lands on ice with ice skates on, just for the fuck of it. And people then people like, would lose their fucking minds. I would buy minds. every single Yankees, Red Sox game, and I would. Buy half the tickets for Confederate Civil War reenactors and half it for Yankee Civil War reenactors. And I would have a Civil War reenactment of Gettysburg in the stands every single game just to see what the announcers would do. Like, are they going to address the fact that the pitcher's looking in? And we've got the guy playing General Lee coming up from the back. (laughs) The fact that, like, some guy behind home plate just got stabbed with a bayonet or some shit. Like, Mm. I don't know what's going to happen, but I totally... Like, fake stabbed. Yeah, Yeah. like, I want to see a Civil War reenactment in Yankee Stadium during a baseball game and see what... And that's what I do with that degree of money. I mean, that's definitely... Or you could go to work and, like, sell... The fact that they work is is proof that it's a mental illness. Like, it's a mental illness if you have $3 billion and you need another billion dollars. That is full-on not logical. That is not mentally healthy. Yeah, it's not about money. Like, well, that's I, just, I just want to put this into context for everybody. It, Jeff Bezos, last time I checked, was worth $170 billion. I don't know his current yeah. net worth, yeah, but that was one at one point. Divorced, so he's going right. to half So he's only going to be worth right. what? But $170 billion. billion dollars now. I just want to throw this out there. You would have to make a million dollars over your expenses. So you'd have to make uh, probably about $3 million if you're living a rich person lifestyle a year for the next 170,000 years. Lo- like, what is that? Uh, that's longer than a Longest civilization is about 6,000 BC. That's about 8,000 years. So, like, 
three repeating or something. Sorry if my math is bad, I've been drinking. But it's like 22.3 times longer than the entirety of human existence. Well, human of civilization. The modern, the modern human yeah. civilization. What we would probably mostly recognize as humans yeah. is how long it would take you earning $3 million a year to make as much money as Jeff Bezos has. There's no. nothing you can functionally do yeah, with that. And what does but he there's do also with that? But listen, there's also nothing you can do for somebody who needs money when you just give it to them. Like, if you give somebody a million dollars tomorrow, how, what's the percentage of them that are going to be dead in a week? Right, but why is he going to work? Two percent. That's. I mean, it didn't get there on its own, and it's got to run. And if it's yours and you build it, like, yeah, see your vision through. I wouldn't let anybody. No, like, if I'm, hate, if I'm fertile I people and able-bodied. To, I just hate people for having so much money they can do whatever the fuck they want. Fuck that. And they don't help me. And the only thing no, they, they do not do is that. go to work and, like, Yeah, in. that's what no, I'm saying. No, I mean, what are, you got to look at. new companies, like, I'm going to sell Whole Foods on Amazon now. Now you can buy books and also bread. I'm mm. like, holy shit, you have $170 billion? They had the guy that just and paid off I the... And I can buy bread from right. you? Like, and you're like something. bullying your employees till they cry at your board meetings and everything? Yeah, like I do more... And making sure that your employees piss in bottles? And like... firing slowly until <laughs> yeah. you can get them completely automated out. So I don't know anything about him, so I don't know wh- I don't what know. he... I know, obviously, that he's one of the richest human beings, and I know that he didn't pay right. shit for fucking... He's not in the Guinness Book of World Records for like the setting the largest fire of paper plates because I would totally do that <laughs> yeah you could just be bucket list item right, anything you, you want to knock off like you could hire a hundred thousand clowns to get on every single there can't be stop. there can't be that many I don't no, want to live on this planet if there are that many to hire a hundred thousand people to dress up like a clown and be at a hundred thousand different bus stops so when a bus goes through New York City every single person they pick up is a clown and have the clowns act like they don't even know that they're clowns and then the bus driver's like, what the fuck's going on? I feel on? like I'm about to get murdered. Like, is something funny going to happen? I don't know. But you know what he does? He buys Whole Foods and sells bread on Amazon. I feel like a lot That's of your thought stream is like a Wes Anderson movie, yeah. like waiting to happen. He could make a movie of his life and it could be interesting. Like, he could buy, you know what I want? I want a tiger. Like, my biggest goal in life is to have a tiger on my back porch. But my greatest fear in life is having a tiger in my kitchen when I wake up, so... I like that there's always just like a hot minute where we all just stare at him (laughs) and see what the fuck is going to come out of his mouth next. All right, what's next? Yeah, I don't smoke marijuana and I'm a sober person aside from this Kool-Aid. Which is true, and that's also, that's like something that we should probably address because some people are only going to listen to this. Basically, he's not high. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, doesn't smoke, doesn't really drink. I, I think we've had a few drinks on occasions but uh is sober living and yeah. and it's funny because like the the way you speak does not come across like that at all you you're 100 process you should easily be like a b-roll in a cheech and chong film like <laughs> yeah. or like in pineapple express or whatever like no. you could be james franco's understudy like but if we're gonna try to get back on the topic of the video oh, now yeah, that we've Dr. gone Phil. incredibly far away from it <laughs> yeah i like Dr. um Phil. i think that there's a valid point to also make that like He's, you know, Talk they talked that. about, and he's certainly not where I've seen this expression first or anything. I've seen it before, but, um, where am I going with this? All right. Like, the idea that we're comparing ourselves to people's masks, and not even just their masks. Like, you're, you're seeing their highlight reel, but also you're never going to see the things that took up to make that highlight reel. Right, true. Like, yeah, very listen, that, that we, maybe can't... we see that, but that veil yeah. is not lifted for a lot of people. A lot it's of people, definitely that's not. their benchmark for whether or not they're successful in life. That's why everybody and their brother on Instagram is an entrepreneur and they're a model. Like, right. Not, yeah, that, not like, that they can't go both ways. They're gender, well, that's gender fluid. Like, like, just what you post on Instagram is yeah. like your best 
presentation. And, and I don't post a lot. I, th- I finally made my benchmark like, to be. But you know what it is. is like what you put forth is not the rest of your day. Right, right for sure. But And, and I, as I come to grips with that as like a media person where people want to, they want to see more like... Um, like in I'm in a band so like people want to see every aspect of that that's what they want and that's oh, what no. music is now like, they want to see every aspect of you good at your craft in a semi-decent band they don't want to see you completely sucking they don't want to see the like hours I saw of you being completely terrible Right, Nobody for want, sure. They right, want to see the sure. guy shred on the guitar. But they, they, they want, want a certain degree of transparency right. on what's yeah. going on. But yeah. So you compare yourself to somebody playing guitar, and you might say, oh, man, I wish I could play a guitar like that. But well, you this didn't, one's way different. Yeah, this is a uh, sweet yeah, blueberry and maple. That's it's a uh, blueberry wine that I've at the uh, all the added sugars from maple syrup. Wow. So. That's pretty insane. That's really that yeah. one's good though. Maple, right? yeah. This is like drinking a That's pancake, like basically. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was pretty much the concept for it. Was breakfast cereal or the alcoholic that wants to feel some semblance of normalcy right. in the morning with like their when kids? You hate <laughs> Bloody Marys, like drink this one. Yeah. Right. For sure. That's a, incredible. That's Thank really you. good. Thank you. Um, the best way to beat a hangover. But you know, you didn't it. want to stay home and not go to a party and practice your guitar when you were sixteen. That kid did. I didn't want to you do didn't it. Want to twenty. We lived together. When did we live together? I was I was previous. I was twenty years old. Yeah. Because you had the magical twenty one powers. You were yes. able to go and buy alcohol. Uh, and only like you consumed. Only months. you drank it yeah. all. Obviously. And we definitely didn't throw a lot of parties, so that yeah. was not a thing. But I. That era of my life was that was college. That was undergrad for me. Yeah. And I mean. I was going through the motions because that's what you're supposed to do. And eventually, after I graduated, I was like, right, but all my go- all my job contracts are eight years, and they're all military. And like, what if I don't want to do that? And yeah, and I don't want to be a translator. And I don't want you know, like, there are just so many things that I didn't want to do. So I took a year off to Soul Search, and that's where I found music. And then music is what led me to video and everything else. But all the while, I can tell you firsthand, like, my life and worldview was that. I was not going to be a world traveler. I was not going to do anything that shaped anybody. Like, I didn't have any influence. And so there's something, like, when you've got, like, the Logan Pauls and the huge YouTube stars that are influencing kids that are growing up glued to YouTube and stuff like that, they don't really suffer the same ailments, you know, that we do. How did you get that ailment then? Because I think that's back to our original premise, but, like, I mean, like, for me, like it was just say, being like, divorced, and then you go to like, a new I'm school. I'm a second-class citizen. Right. So, like, what so let me back that up. Like, say, I'm not able to do that. Like, Little things started to give me credence to believe that I, was, I wasn't as bad off as I thought I was. I remember whenever I lived in Tyrone. Um, my mom was dating a guy that lived out there. Yeah, so you got insight that you weren't as bad. But, like, what was... I lived in Tyrone, and I got... the origin of, like, what made you feel like you weren't worthy of... Because my parents got a divorce, and I moved to new areas. And so, along with the other issues, I was tackling, like, being the new kid in a a new school. And there was, like, a a four-year period of time, two- or three-year period of time where I wasn't in the same school. That's where I met you, was when I was in that school district for not even a year. It was, like, my ninth grade year. And it's worth noting, it's a very small area... And right, and every area was different because I was there. I was in Holidaysburg. I was in Tyrone. Right. I was so, in. But I mean, you're not the new kid in a city where there's a thousand new kids a year. 
You know what right. I mean? You're so not, I stuck out like a sore thumb, right. and then that's the first thing that I, happens is I think the bullies my graduating class like, was like 80 kids. I think yours was like 60. I mean, you weren't there to graduate, but I think that's what it but was. But you know what? I was so scared of all the places I had been prior to being to the area that I lived with you yeah. that what really saved me was meeting you and Jason because I was so used to being picked on, and you guys were the first group of kids that were like just total miscreants and were like, Oh, that dude, like, there's more of us than there are of them. Like, what are they going to do? Well, I was more afraid of you. We used to have this game in high school. I don't know if you remember. It was the game. And yeah. it, the whole goal was just to punch each other unaware in the middle of the back and in the middle of your day. Yeah. So I was more nerve-wracked and panicked <laughs> from my friends than I was a bully. By the time I, I remember standing up to my first bully, I think his name was Zach. Yeah. And He's actually a pretty good guy now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he's grown up, I'm sure, yeah. but nice. Kid was an asshole back yeah, then. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember we were in the computer room, and we had nice. learned, like, all the backdoor ways to, like, load MS Messenger and shoot messages to fuck with everybody. Yeah. And we used to send him messages and call him out, and then one day he got all pissed, and you weren't in, you were a grade older than me, so yeah. you weren't in my class, but Jason was there, and I called this kid out. He, like, stood up and wanted to fight me. I was like, what are you going to do? I, like, it occurred to me, I was like... They're totally right. Like, what's this kid going to do? He's going to fight me in the middle of class? Yeah. What are you, tougher than fucking the, the teacher who's going <laughs> to mess your whole year up if you do this? Like, right. how bad do you want to do it? Because you're an asshole. Like, Yeah, I think you have to learn to transcend the rules. Like, well, Right, but that's, feel like that's a whole other topic. You're of, like, the rules, and then once you realize that, like, you figure out a certain rule doesn't actually apply to life, and you can... Yeah. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> then you're like, holy shit, I can do whatever I want. Like, yeah. Right, but there's so many people that have not learned that lesson still, and I'm, like, yeah. trying to coax my mom I, through yeah, that now. Like, like, she's... Waking up. It's, yeah. a, it's our generation, I think, are the, the precursor of the people that are... We just got screwed. You can only get you screwed in so many different directions where you're like, all right, I got to figure something else out that works because... Right. Before you're just like, fuck all this then. Oh, yeah, if cool. I'm, you're going to crash the housing market? Okay, cool. College tuition's going up every year and yeah. student debt's through the roof. Like, they're basically a bunch of... Right. It's just like, well, we're just not gonna pay it ever. Like, we're yeah. just can't get blood from a rock. Getting paid for like, sure. Enjoy wringing this rock to get a drop of blood out of it. Yeah. Oh wait, you won't, because right. I will be dead before you see. So why don't you guys enjoy the fucking markets dealing with the student debt not being paid? Because like, yeah, and I'll just I'll function under the benefit of being yeah. like I know how to navigate a market crash because you put me through it in high school with the yeah. housing crash. Like, yeah. So uh, to. Yeah, it's true. We don't worry about money anymore, do we? Because we never had it. We like yeah. there's such a look at the wage gap difference. Like money. you can't they, they suffer that much. Yeah. Realistically, any human just checks out. Like all right, you, I still got money. The third, and then you'll get this, and then like. And then it doesn't happen for you. Economy crashed, so I was like, all right, fuck it. Dude, I still keep like large amounts of cash not in my bank account so that people don't know. Nick. Like, I, I've gone past that, fortunately, but like. Nick was here earlier. Was bad, he told but... me he had a, he's, his parents are going on vacation to somewhere out of the country. Yeah. And uh, it's like a place that, via conservative news, is like a, maybe a scary place to be. Who knows? Because, you know, when you meet people in another area, so often not the case. But like the heartland then. Right, basically. <laughs> and. His dad invited him over today before he came up. He's like, I got to go stop my parents' place and I'll be up right after. I was like, okay. And his dad was like, we pulled all the money out of the banks. It's in the safe. Like, if we if we die, here's my computer. This is where all of my passwords are. Like, this is if anything happens. Like, they pulled all the money out of the bank so that whenever, if they died, no. they can't freeze the account and freeze all that money for months until you get a death certificate and go through that hassle. And, I mean... That's a, that's a lot of stuff to go through when your yeah. family's passed and maybe you need that help to bury them because yeah. that's the position that most of us are going to end up being in. the country, yeah. Right. I don't know. Oh, yeah, just even that. But yeah. who cares what happens after you die? 
Like if who I'm knows? Getting, that, worse than that, like, who knows? I care a lot, like but I'm my not parents too concerned. Are like, we all find mind. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're going to find out. 100% of, of you will find out. like three times, and I promise Although, you. Although... Is nothing. There's nothing there. Curse will affect like how long until we're you, just you know lose your consciousness. You yeah. got Elon Musk with and the neural mesh. Adam's like, yeah, maybe, but I'm saying, but what about consciousness? Like, what about if we yeah. we did no, that point? Your consciousness <laughs> is literally like a pattern of arrangements, and then like it disintegrates, and like maybe it gets reconfigured into a new consciousness, but it's not the same one. Like, yeah. but I mean, completely if bad. you think about it, any human is a self-contained world. Right. Like, anything that they experience my view will never be done again. Like, I'm never going to know what Johnny's thinking right now, what Mike's thinking, as he says, as they sit there right across from me, right here <laughs> in the same room, doing the same thing. So, like, anytime anyone dies, that's a loss that's incomparable. Like, that's a loss of an entire universe every single yeah, time. Yeah, that's it's hard. So uh, if, I've had extra so friends. If technology keeps advancing, I think at a certain point the only um, human thing to do is to make some sort of, like, Pack up or something, something that tries to save or well, kind of. I think we'll create our own afterlife at some point. Well, I think yeah, consciousness. I think is definitely essential to the universe. Not necessarily. It has to be a part of it. It's a part of yeah, the matter, like, right? Not necessarily an individual's consciousness, but like, I think the universe is better off with conscious beings than if the world was run by computers and was cleaner and there was no litter. <laughs> and like no cancer it's like alright uh, we're gonna have really to find a balance cause things, we're like, not gonna have the option to have either in about like 10 years shit's going on so nah, man, the universe I is gonna be fine the earth's gonna be fine humans might not be but oh, yeah, you know, no, the, the, planet, the earth doesn't give a shit yeah the planet will <laughs> definitely survive it's a rock like you know. I mean and maybe not when we were kids no, we watched Jupiter get assaulted with meteors like yeah it's still fucking there it's also way bigger than us one of those would have kaputted us survived uh-huh. Oh. Jupiter's still there. It survived. I know, but it was the way larger. And Earth will survive. Oh, it's larger or smaller. Like, you haven't gained 10 pounds and lost 10 pounds <laughs> in life. Like, you're still... You're right. I've been thinking about this all wrong. I and love like, that in Mike's mind, weight fluctuation means that the concept of size is irrelevant. No, but I'm just saying, like, was Jupiter, like, 10% larger, 10% smaller? It's like, the it's largest still, planet still in, ours, in our... It's, still, like, it's, it's like still something exists. like 4,000 times yeah, the size of Earth. Yeah, for all you know, Jupiter is all like, damn, I got a six-pack now, and you're like, oh my god, Jupiter is smaller than it used to be. Listen, I would rather be Jupiter taking those meteors than... Me and I got now. I got to look right. up how big. Well, Jupiter I mean, obviously, is. at some point the Earth will die, but it's not going. It's nah, going to be after humans, Earth. most likely. It'll exist. It'll yeah. be dust, if nothing else. But then it'll be dust floating in the universe, which is eleven times the diameter of Earth. Yeah, that is smaller than I thought it was by a very large scale, <laughs> but still quite large. Yeah, like more like, than ten percent different. You might not have like carbon. <laughs> Although I'm ashamed to admit, he was definitely closer than I was. <laughs> As far as it goes, I take I retract my statement yeah. that weight um, is not congruent and doesn't matter. That's great. <laughs> so we live in this world though, where we have to kind of we have to kind of navigate. You guys don't actually. Neither one of you are really social media savvy or active. Well, I'm gonna have to start now. But yeah. I mean, yes and no, right? Like, I mean, to a degree, we might be able to get yeah. some of this. Like, I think I uploaded a profile picture. <clears throat> Took me like ten minutes, but I got it done. But this is kind of like the sort of the the realm of where we want to go with what we talk about. I mean, like, yeah. to me, it was this, this subject kind of mattered to me because I feel like when it hit me, when I heard it, I was like, man, that's so true. I didn't realize that, like, we, we inadvertently sort of project that onto our own lives, like this way we, we internalize the things that we see around us and, 
and the way others live. And social media obviously exacerbates that. But uh, I look at the fact that like there were many decisions that I made in my life growing up up until you know this day and and prior where you don't think about the impact that something way back when may have had on your whole structural shape of the way you've developed you know your means of thinking and and rationalizing your worldviews with the world around you and so like just hearing that was like it was just sort of like a wow moment where I was like yeah that's that's really true and I know I'm you know conscious of that fact now but there was a long portion of time where I, I just wasn't and I think that I'm I can't be the only one guilty yeah. of, of that. And so part of the reason that I wanted to start the Modern Monk podcast is like it's an opportunity for us to talk about these cu- current events and, and what it means to live in them now. Because I, I think like as much as I am uh, somebody who just traverses the planet like you guys do, yeah. we kind of do our own thing and try to do the best we can along the way. And, you know, if we can't, you know, do any yeah. good, at least don't do any harm, that kind of a mentality. Like we, we're all trying to bring something and uh, I think one of the things that really stuck out to me about that statement was that it's so true and I feel like people need to hear that because as we sort through the things that we're seeing and observing in media, which is now, you know, Instagram and television, which was always like, mm-hmm. you know, in the, what, mid-90s, video games were yeah. causing kids to, like, kill people. That was, like, the, oh, yeah. that was what yeah, made kids violent. Yeah. And then so later it was, like, convenient violent. that we, yeah. it was turning us into really good drone flyers. So, yeah. like, well, now it was yeah. like, ah, well, they're not so bad. Like That part is true if you're good at it, <laughs> right, which right. I'm not. Yeah. So <laughs> right. I can't be a drone but, pilot. So in doing this, like, that, that's kind of what I wanted us to do is to sort of bring value to it from the average person. And, yeah. and I've always considered you to be somebody who's really mindful and thoughtful as you walk through, and, and you definitely. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, I don't know Mike as well, but, you know, I know that you and I are both like fairly <laughs> introspective, and I would assume that he is. As oh, well. definitely. I mean, well, for, that, what's funny is, and nobody else is going to know this, nor would they maybe even care at this point. But you two just met each other in person today, and yeah. were introduced to each other like a handful of days ago when we were trying to figure out when we could actually get together and do this. Yeah. But uh, if that, if everybody's content with where we're at for right now, any last thoughts, final thoughts? Should we do a round? Uh-huh. Maddie, you're up. Um. Yeah, I think I'm just going to try to circle back to the idea that you if you can't be jealous of one thing. You have to be jealous of the whole thing. Like, you don't see the work that it takes people to get to where they're at. You don't see, like, the years of us being... I mean, I think we had a good time with it, but just incredibly <laughs> broke. All you could do was have a good time with it. Like, right. we worked at a pizza shop. Maddie and I worked at a pizza shop together when I was 20, and he yeah. was 21. He made pizzas, I delivery drove, and yeah. we rocked it we made a lot of money for doing it because it was mostly under the table so we won't throw under the bus the employer who paid us very exorbitantly under the table to be pizza makers we're not talking about it wait you got paid exorbitantly i got paid less than minimum wage but it was under the table which was what made it worth it after taxes right and then he still wanted to claim taxes sometimes like okay you just don't want to pay me that much money out of your pocket even though i flawlessly ran your business for a solid week we're not talking about it but I mean, I was making good money as a delivery driver. Yeah, uh, like I was less. It was less than you, but I was I was under the table also, and more yeah. than minimum wage. And and then I had you tips every night. Which when we were twenty, no one felt great. Quit guessing it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, we made that work, and, and to are uh, you know a testament to like the the staying power that you and I had as people. Like we yeah. wanted to have fun, and we were like, we've yeah. always been kind of bucking the system. So it was like, okay, well, yeah. if you we're made gonna calzones also. <laughs> the man made calzones. I don't think we did actually. I think we, we did. Just made of strombolis. course, did you make, who makes strombolis and does it? They have ricotta cheese. We calzones made calzones for a person named Jason. 
I mean, quit getting names. It's almost impossible that we didn't. We made a lot. <laughs> yeah, there had to have been a Jason that got a calzone. So, Honestly, I can't even remember if we made calzones or not. So like so specific all, customers are not going to show up. That, like the guy. But you know what we in did? Charge of your restaurant yeah. was named Jason. No, no, it was not. So but you know that we. Sorry, go ahead. Um, well, what I was going to say is, you know, I would say don't really necessarily worry mm. as much about where you're from, and even like where you're at now as long as you're like building skills building networks getting to become a more like complete version of yourself it's a marathon not a sprint yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely and also but it's hard when you think like oh sh- this person's at the finish line yeah I gotta run <laughs> like oh yeah that's the quickest there, way to fall there were so many people I was so jealous of you and everyone else for getting to be in college like my parents made a little too much for me to get any grants for college I didn't do quite well enough in school and uh, didn't you know I basically would have had to somehow fund my way through college, and anyone listening to this knows that that's not an option anymore. It's not our parents' <laughs> right. generation. Right. So I was basically just kicking around trying to wait for uh, getting off of my parents so that I could file FAFSA, even though I hadn't lived with them for a couple of years as far as they were concerned. It's like 26, 28 or something? 26. 26. Whatever age it is, by the time I'd got there, and my whole plan had just been to dick around and then go to college, like... I already had a career that I was in. Things you were passionate about. I had a lot of skills. I had a lot of things I was going. Right, but we weren't taught to think about the things that made us passionately excited about life, you know, and to go that route. You lied to us ever since elementary (laughs) school. And I still don't know how to do my taxes. But I tell my kids that every day. I'm like, of course school sucks. Of course school's boring. Like, just don't have them email me to tell me that you're not paying attention. Well, and you don't Hey, can you do me a solid? Can you do me a solid? Just, like, open your eyes enough that I don't get emails. It's like, what happened is school sucks and they're like we work for school and I'm like wow. oh my god teacher like yeah I'm and I mean they're just trying to give you a broad yeah, you base you got a real point I'm sorry that's <laughs> alright they're just trying to give you a broad base because they don't know you know what Where the hell you're going to do up doing you know somebody who said when the fuck am I going to use calculus is using calculus right now <laughs> like, I use trigonometry all the time like that's not calculus you lying it's not <laughs> it's a different field of math which is why I said a different no, no, don't worry. I took both. All right. I excel. I got A's in all of them, all actually. Right. <laughs> I didn't have to take anything past Alge, too. I, took, I only oh. took my tests. I didn't do a single piece of homework. Yeah, until, I took the AP exam but, and everything. I just don't yeah. like to think about numbers. So, yeah. But what I'm getting towards is, like, you know, we all came from our different places, had our different flaws and hang-ups that were, like, you know, kicking us in the ass. You thought you were never going to make an impact on the world stage. You came back from Indonesia this year playing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's to some degree what measures my what metrics I say are successful or not is constantly yeah. changing because to some degree, like I should be super proud of that, but I, I feel like my new my new curse that I'm trying oh, to get sure. rid of is just never feeling like well, anything I've done is enough for me. Not even that it's not enough. I'm sure I've impacted right. people in positive ways, and I'm I'm thrilled to right. have done it. But I mean, but twenty year old delivery driver, you would have never thought that. You know, singing in a band. Was I couldn't even be, fathom it. Could, couldn't even fathom it for a minute that you would be singing in a band in Indonesia. You in were. We of, lived together when I tried to start my first band, and yeah. But if you were nine, years no, old, no, we no, didn't. No, no, that was after. I'm going to be driving yeah. my own car. That's awesome. Like, yeah. Right. So it's all relative to your interpretation. So I mean, you know, you all have you, like your flaws and your twists and everything, but you know. It all takes a lot of work to get to places that people are. You're seeing the highlight reel. You're seeing people with their skills developed. And the people you're jealous of might end up not where you wanted. I don't think I'd trade places with half the people I was jealous of in college that were, you know, in college and what I thought was doing the right thing and being on the right path. You know, a lot of them are doing significantly worse than me or just in miserable fucking careers that they hate or, you know. 
Like you just gotta. But we always kind of steered away from that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I, that's so to, to yeah. wrap up for my final thought. I yeah. just I just feel like you have to trust the process, and it's really yeah. really hard to have faith in something that you don't know works on its own yet, especially when you're trying to develop it with the mindset of, I don't know if this is the right thing or whatever. Like you have a lot of obstacles you face just inherently as your own individual yeah. person. So to turn around and try to make something work out of that is often sometimes difficult for some people. So I appreciate that struggle, I think. But the reality is if you even just can outwardly test with a, a few people that you trust and, and are, are confident in yeah. parlaying it to and say like, this is what I'm thinking about doing, this is where I'm at, not that you should gauge it off of other people, but you can always sounding board with some people. Really good, yeah, that yeah. feedback helps. And I, I think knowing that you are doing something and are soundly in the right position to get to where you're trying to go, yeah. then you're probably in good enough space to you know trust the process and understand that if it takes time, your new game should be figuring out how to be more patient. Yeah. Just keep that in mind while you're trying to edit this into something remotely listenable. No, no. Mostly <laughs> it's just going to run through because, I mean, we talk consistently, so I'm not too worried about it. I think that's it for the first episode of the Modern Monk Podcast. If yeah. you uh, were a fan of what you heard today, you got, took anything insightful out of it, like and subscribe. You can find us at, at Modern Monk Podcast. Not Modern Monks. That's somebody else who is too lazy to actually use that shit. And if they wanted to give it up, we would be able to be known as yeah. a plural entity. But for now, it's just at Modern Monk Podcast. I prefer to be singular. Yeah, I do too. Because yeah, no, I think it's our individual I'll perspectives like, brought yeah. to the collective. Yeah. And maybe that's no. the tagline. So make sure you follow, subscribe, like, share stuff, um, and feel free to reach out to any of us at our personal social medias if they exist. I don't know if Mike's going to pick it back up again. I have a but Twitter. But be prepared for nonsense. No. I have a Twitter. <laughs> I, I don't have the app, but I have one. I'm so angry with you, I'm just going to put it in the description <laughs> and not let you say it. <laughs> so make sure you like and subscribe. We'll see you guys next time we come back. Uh, let us know what you think we should talk about next. If there's something that's going on out there that maybe would make some sense for us to discuss, let us know.